Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Steve Kramer of the Coach's Edge. And if you are a coach, whether you've been coaching 20 years or you're brand new, this might be the most important episode that we've had on the show when it comes to helping a varsity basketball coach or a head coach stay organized, be detailed, communicate well, delegate responsibilities to their staff, whether that's fundraising, scouting, keeping stats, social media, who has cleanup, who's washing the jerseys, who's communicating to the youth basketball program. I could go on and on and on. This is like a mini course in how to be detailed as a varsity basketball coach so you can spend more time doing what you want to do. So you can be more successful doing what you want to do. Do what you want to do better, right? That's working with your your guys or your girls. That's coaching your team. That's preparing for the next game. Coach Fretz, Clyde High School in Clyde, Ohio. He's coaching a handful of states uh, around the U.S. I've had the chance to know him personally. I work with his program. He is also a Coach's Edge member and Man, this is like a crash course episode on helping you as a varsity basketball coach get better so you can spend more time doing what it is that you want to do. And that's coach basketball, because, you know, as a varsity basketball coach, there are so many other areas of being the varsity basketball coach that don't necessarily have to do with basketball. But when we're detailed, when we're organized, when we communicate well, when we delegate responsibilities, it's easier for us as a coach to make the main things the main things because those other things are able to have their own spot, their own place. And those that are, are also very important, they are also able to be carried out. So that's why we timed this episode to come out right before basketball season. Cause I know it's a perfect time to listen to this episode. One more thing before we get to the show, the coach's edge is live. The Coach's Edge is live. I've been waiting, especially the last like three weeks as we're ramping up, ramping up, ramping up, preparing to accept a handful of new members to coachesedge.coach. So if you are listening, you're a coach, you, you've enjoyed our podcast, our social media, uh, our email list, you're thinking about, man, I want to get access to the site. I want to get access to these resources. I want to get access to our Coach's Edge membership meetings, which we have for free the whole month of October. By the way, you should sign up at currentbasketball.com slash events. I like the stuff that we have going on. I think that my program will be better. I think that they will be more efficient. And I think it'll make me as a varsity basketball coach a little more organized and help me do what I do as a coach better, then you sign up. Then you sign up. Go to coachesedge.coach and we're taking a specific number of coaches or keeping it open until the end of the month, whichever happens first. And then we'll shut it back down and we, no matter what, we only work with the coaches that are inside that membership during basketball season. We won't open it back up again until after the season. So go to coachesedge.coach. If you have questions, reach out to me, contact at kramerbasketball.com. Let's get to the show. I'd like to give a warm Coach's Edge welcome to head coach Ryan Fretz of Clyde High School in Clyde, Ohio. Coach, thanks for taking the time to be on the Coach's Edge podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure being here. It's good to have you. And we've known each other for a little while, but once 
once I got a hand on some of your responsibility chart and, and coach uh, spreadsheets as far as how you you delegate and organize everything that goes on for a high school basketball program. Um, yeah, I was like, we got to, we got to get you on, on the podcast. But before we dig into all of that, this is going to be really beneficial for any coach who's just, you're trying to figure out how to stay organized, how to communicate. Well, I know so many coaches who work really, really hard. They love the game. They're in it for the right reasons, but at the same time, they're overwhelmed with doing everything on their own instead of looking around and saying, man, there's some good people around me as well. And it sounds like you have a handle on both. You're working ex extremely hard, but you have something in place that's going to help you. But before we get into that, can you give us a little bit of your background and how you got into coaching? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I played in high school, um, you know, left kind of my senior year of high school with a bad taste in my mouth. You know, we had a great coach up until I was a sophomore. And then that coach left for a better job. And you know, we got a new coach in for my junior and senior year. I mean, I love the game and, uh, you know, just I didn't play as much as as I wanted to. And, um, you know, I didn't really think I could play in college. Um, ended up going to Valparaiso University to be a weatherman and started playing basketball in the gym with a lot of the basketball guys. And my roommate was a basketball player. And he's like, dude, why aren't you why aren't you playing? And, you know, I worked out with the walk-ons but at the same time there was a posting for an upcoming seventh grade boys basketball coach that I had saw in the local newspaper so I went and interviewed with the varsity coach for that position and I mean he liked what I said needed a coach and uh you know ever since then I mean it's the bugs bit me and it led me into the education field and um you know I thought I wanted to play so I came back to my hometown of Tiffin to, to Heidelberg University thinking, you know, I would play there. And when push came to shove, I couldn't give up the three years of coaching that I've done. I, I knew I was already in my job. I found my passion. You know, I found education was my passion, stayed in it and moved up the ranks, um, coached in Mansfield, Ohio, been to Las Vegas, and now back here in small town Clyde, Ohio, and been varsity basketball coach for the last 11 years. Very cool. I love hearing you know, coaches stories. Every each and every one is is a little bit different, but you got that bug like so many coaches. You get into education, continuing to coach. That's that's great stuff. Um, coach, you you've designed over the years and as we were talking before the podcast, I mean, this wasn't an overnight thing. One of the more detailed coaching responsibility charts, as well as flow charts for your basketball staff that that I've seen. And I just I know it's going to benefit a lot of coaches. We're, we're putting some of this on the podcast. We're meeting later with some of our coaches edge members and really taking a deep dive and answering some of their questions. So I'll just hand it over to you. How did you come up with this flow chart? And, you know, how have been some of the ways that it's really helped you as a program? Like you said, it was not an overnight thing. And it's an ever changing document, you know, based off of the coaches that you have on your staff, you know, how many coaches you can have on your staff? Can you pay them? Can you not pay them? Are they willing to work as a volunteer? Um, you know, that's when some of the responsibilities get shifted around. Um, but it also comes from, you know, how, who I am being, you know, like the anal OCD type of guy that, you know, I've got to have it in writing. And if it's in writing, you know, I can implement it and I can put it in place. Um, and there's always something to go to. And, uh, 
you know, when I first became a varsity basketball coach, you know, I'm trying to teach. I had a student teacher at the time. I had just gotten married. We had bought a house and, you know, you, you want to keep things, you know, as, as easy as you can because there's not a lot of time in the day. And so my first year as a varsity coach, I started writing down everything I was doing. You know, you have one of those coaches notebooks and then you write down your to-do list of what you need to do. So I started writing down everything and then I put a check mark beside it when it was done. And I had, I don't know, like 10 pages of just different things that I did throughout that basketball season, preseason, during the season, postseason, and then summer stuff that went on that, you know, we had a down month in August and I sat down and I went through everything and started, you know, categorizing it, you know, whether it's fundraising or whether, you know, it was travel or dealt with awards or dealt with summer activities, um, inventory. I mean, all the stuff that you'll see on the sheet, you know, there's, it can fit under, you know, some other kind of category. And on one end created folders in my, at that point, it was a flash drive and, uh, um, you know, started dragging the documents that I've created into those different folders. And, you know, it's, I still write down everything I do during the year. And if it's something new, you know, I'll add it. Um, if something can be combined, you know, I'll combine it. You know, if I have to add a new folder, you know, I'll add a new folder. But I mean, like I said, it's an ever-changing document. Um, it's been really handy in like when hiring or interviewing assistant coaches or JV coaches, you know, if they ask for what their responsibilities are going to be, you know, you can show them, well, this is what the JV coach did last year. This is what the freshman coach did last year, but this isn't what you have to do. You know, these are a lot of the things that we do in our program. You know, what would you feel comfortable with? You know, are you more comfortable on the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, if you're an assistant? And because as the head coach, I've done all of these. And because um, they wouldn't have been written down if, you know, they wouldn't be on here if I hadn't done them. And, uh, um, and that's one of the things that, like my first year of coaching at the different schools, I probably took on too much. And it led to me, you know, understanding the, the positives of, of delegating, but then at the same time, like learning about your coaches, who you have on staff and what are they good at and what do they want to be? You know, if, are they happy just being a varsity assistant coach? You know, are, do they have that aspirations of being a varsity coach? Um, and, you know, how much do, are they willing to grow? And uh, that's what, you know, led me to moving things around every year and showing, you know, coaches that are coming on staff, hey, can you do this? Can you do this? What do you feel comfortable with? And then at the same time, I like to get them out of their comfort zone. You know, I uh, gave my assistant who I have now, you know, I keep giving him one because he wants to eventually be a varsity coach. And if he's going to be a varsity coach, he's going to have to do all this stuff. So, you know, I finally gave him the leads on some fundraising and, you know, he took it on. And if he had questions, he would ask me, but I would pretty much leave all the decision making up to him. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's went well. Um, you know, we meet as a staff, you know, I, every so often and we throw out ideas. I stole, uh, oh, um, Urban Myers coaching staff idea where the first 15 minutes of every coaching staff meeting, he um, lets his coaches go to wherever they want to go. They can, you know, go to a break room, go to their office, go to a couch and take 15 minutes to, you know, write down some strengths and weaknesses of the program and come up with ideas on how to improve on their strengths and fix certain things. And then they come back. And I mean, a lot of these ideas have come from my assistant coaches 
you know, so I've kind of empowered them as well. And, uh, you know, you again try to take advantage of the strengths that they have, but at the same time as the head coach, it's our job to get them to grow. And, uh, this is, it's an accountability piece as well. You know, my first year in Clyde, actually my last couple of years at Desert Oasis, which is out in Las Vegas, I was there for three years. I had a coaching staff of a 15 year varsity veteran who decided to be an assistant on my staff. He had been a varsity coach before in Texas. And like he, he wanted to be a varsity coach again. And he knew a lot of what was going on. I had a 30 year varsity coach that had a couple of state championships in Nebraska. I also had a really young guy who did all the dirty work as, you know, as we would coaches would put it. And then I had a, an NBA player, former NBA player on my staff. So I, it was just so cool to see like all of this experience there and, you know, pull from it. But then you come back to Las Vegas or to come back from Las Vegas here to Clyde. And I had a very young staff, not necessarily inexperienced, but young. And they hadn't seen anything like this before. And when I passed something like this out, they were, they were blown away. Like they had no idea what to do with it. It was one of those pieces of paper they took and put into their folder. And when I got here to Clyde, it was August. I had no summer with the guys. So it was one of my first things at the end of the year to sit down and tell them, listen, we need to divvy these up and I don't mind taking most of them. However, if this responsibility is under your name, you are the point man for it. You are the go-to guy. If there's something you feel uncomfortable about and you can't do it, tell me now and I'll take it. If there's something you see under my name or somebody else's name that you really want, let me know now and we can move it over to you if it's something that you feel that you can handle. And I mean, it also helps like, hey, if there's something going on with laundry and the laundry ain't done, I know exactly why it's not or who didn't do it, you know, why it's not put away. Um, the same thing like our clothing fundraiser. You know, if a question comes to me or an email comes to me about a clothing fundraiser, I could easily take the time and reply to them. But, you know, sometimes my time is, you know, not enough time in the day. I can easily forward it to my assistant coach and he knows it's his responsibility and he'll take care of it. Um, it's taken us a little bit to learn that at Clyde a couple of years, but I mean, now I think we've got the system down pretty pat. So it's pretty much where it came about. Um, Again, like I said, it's an ever-changing, uh, ever-changing document, ever-changing flow chart, um, and a lot of the, a lot of the flows in the flow chart, you know, have to do with like who the best relationships are on my varsity staff. Like my seventh and eighth grade coaches really get along with my varsity assistant. So, as it stands now, you know, he does the reaching out to them, and then keeps me informed. And if it's something that's, you know really important, you know, I'll get involved or I'll call the coach or the coach can call me or I'll stop by practice. But I mean, my varsity assistant and even JV head coach are really good at being the liaison between myself and the younger programs. But that doesn't keep me from attending practices and going to their games and, you know, going to our youth games that are out there as well. Um, and again, our JV head coach is like, he teaches sixth grade. So he really knows like the boys that are coming up in the program that can be a manager or a ball boy. He has them in class. And I mean, he takes care of our managers and ball boys for us. And, 
make sure they get on the bus. They know what time the bus is leaving and we get awards from at the end of the year. And it's, you know, it's all those, and you don't want to call them headaches, but as a head varsity coach, it's the, the you're the captain, the buck stops with you. So right. if something goes wrong, it's on you. But if your assistants can, you know, if they, if they've already built those relationships and they can help you out in that sense, it's going to be better for the program as a whole. And we're really blessed with having coaches that are, that say, you know what, put me wherever you need to put me coach. I'm, I'm about the program first. I'll go wherever the program needs me to go. That's awesome. And so to paint a, to paint a picture real quick for the coaches listening, like you sent me a flow chart and it has the, the head coach at the top and then it has five coaches underneath the, the two varsity assistant coaches, the JV coach, the ninth grade coach, and then it has your youth coordinator. And then what you were touching on after that was under those five coaches, there's that next tier of communication from, from then going down to the seventh and eighth grade staff, some of the managers, as you mentioned, ninth grade assistant coach, obviously the youth basketball coordinator is going to be communicating with all the youth coaches at different grade levels. Um, and then, so you have this flow chart design, which is great. And then you have this responsibilities chart that goes along with it. And, and you have these designated um, responsibilities for each of these persons and people. And as you mentioned, great for accountability. It's awesome for hiring, like letting somebody know, hey, here, here's some expectations. And the responsibilities, as you mentioned, of if something's not getting done, like you have down, you know, who, who's handling travel, who's communicating with the bus driver, who's handling inventory, who's doing the laundry, so many of these things that are really, really important, but that, you know, like you're coaching, you're, you're thinking about that game on Tuesday or whatever it is, right? Yes. Yeah. You, you want, you want to plan practice. You want to, you want to, you know, prepare for the game. You want to come up with that scouting report. You want to watch yes. film, yep. but somebody still has to do the laundry. Somebody yep. still has to, you know, talk with parents or meet with parents or it's, you know, all the things that you were saying, you know, put the inventory away, log the inventory. I mean, whatever, whatever it is on this list, it, it's, it still has to get done. I mean, there's a rule in our school district. If, if you're given a check or given a cash, it's got to be deposited within 24 hours. So, I, I mean, it's, it, that has, it, it's one of those things that has to get done. So you might have to put game preparation on the back burner. And this just helps it be, helps it flow through our program easier. And, you know, not everybody, you know, the head coach isn't doing everything. Cause if I had to do all this, or if I had, if your head coach tries to do everything, it is only going to like slow the coach down. It's only going to hurt the program in the long run because it's not developing your assistant coaches and it's not empowering your assistant coaches. And it's like, you're going to get burnt out. And it's holding you back from doing a lot of those things from Monday through Friday or Saturday, as far as game prep and practices that are going to lead to actually winning games because yep. you're so busy doing all these other things, you're saving yourself time in those other areas to dedicate more time to those kids that are, that are in practice. Um, if you, you're, you're talking to another coach, which we'll, we'll do in a little bit as well. And you want to give them a few key responsibilities where you're saying, Hey, listen, I've, I've been coaching for a really long time. When I started handing off 
some of these responsibilities or here's some things I started dedicate, delegating. It was huge for myself and our program. What would a couple of those things be? Like the things I would hand off? Is that yeah, what that, that you felt like was just super, super vital where you, you were doing it yourself before. And when you started to hand these off to your assistants or your JV staff, whatever it might be, it was win-win for everybody. But updating stats, you know, our league requires us to update stats after every game you play. And, you know, as much as I love to look at stats, you know, if any coach knows, if you update the stats, you're going to sit there and look at them for hours and you're going to analyze them and probably overanalyze them. You know, my assistant does a great job or my JV coach, actually, it's under him. He does a great job of going in, taking the stats, putting them out on social media, doing all the social media posts for us, and then getting our stats from the game night and from huddle and uploading them to our league. So that, I mean, that it can, it can take a little bit of time, but when I go, when I need the stats, I can just go in and look at our stats and I don't have to worry about implementing them. And when you got to do that for 22 game season with playoffs, I mean, that's, that can be a lot of time. And he's a stat guy. He's a science and math guy. He loves doing that. He works with money a lot at a, at a separate job. So um, you know, I found that to take a lot of load off of me of like, I can come in the next morning before school starts or later that night and watch, start breaking down film, as opposed to making sure the stats get updated on the league page and the, and the social media posts get out. And as he also emails all the local newspapers so they can put everything in the, in the papers. You know, those are things that, that I don't have, that I used to do that I don't have to do now it allows me to dive right into the after action review and the film, um, the film review. Um, you know, my assistant coach, he eventually wants to be a varsity coach. So, you know, I started giving him, like I gave him leads on fundraising, which he's done an excellent job of. And he talks to the boys, like the clothing, we do a clothing fundraiser. Hey, what, what, um, like what kind of shirts do you want? What color, what, uh, what, um, do you want, like, what logo do you want on the front of the shirt? And what do you want our model to be, you know, on the back and so on and so forth. And he does all the communication with the boys, which was awesome because that gets your assistant texting all of those boys and gets them to respect the assistant even more because now there's dialogue between, between those, you know, two factions of your, of your program. And, uh, you know, so I gave him that. And then I started giving him more scouting assignments, you know, whether it be like the offense or the defense or watching, you know, coming up with blobs. But I mean, right now he's pretty set on the offensive coach. So yes, I like the offense and, you know, I love running the offense, but a lot of our research and implementation is done by my varsity assistant coach, which, you know, when I gave that off, you know, I, I can actually sit down and, analyze film and look at film and focus mostly on our defense because I trust him enough to look at the offense, analyze it, see what we did wrong that we can and how to fix it and then see what we did right and how we can improve on it. And he brings back fantastic ideas, sometimes too many ideas where I have to tell him, hold on. But that's, that's what you want. I mean, more information is better than not enough. And, you know, my assistant has been really good at that. Um, you know, couple other things that I see on, like you can spend, like we're in charge of finding a clock guy, finding people to work our concession stands, 
um, finding, you know, somebody to do 50-50 for us, you know, all those responsibilities, you know, we get the return from it, you know, from the 50-50 from concessions, but then, but we also have to find workers. That was one thing I did my first year that I delegated to my assistant who eventually wants to be a varsity coach and he's been doing it ever since. So now he's in contact with parents. He's asking parents to do things. He's asking community members to help out with the clock. And then he's teaching them how to run the clock, which at the same time allows him to learn how to run the clock. So now he knows he's in communication with parents. He's in communication with our players on a constant basis. So it puts him out there, you know, amongst the community. And, you know, it, it, it's really a good growth opportunity for him. So those are some of the biggest things that I've delegated, you know, over the years. I'm trying to look here. That's why I'm looking to the side. Um, oh, this is great because I think uh, as a, if I'm a new head coach, I'm listening to this podcast and I'm like, oh man, I, I need to get some things organized. And <laughs> if I'm, if I'm a coach who's been in it for 10, 20 years, I'm listening to this podcast and I'm also thinking about, okay, well, let me get a little more specific with certain things and, and, and see if I can create a line of communication that's more clear there's better understanding between the staff of who has certain responsibilities and in the end we're all going to save some time because of it is there anything that you felt like it's been really beneficial for someone else to to handle and um, i'd also like to just open it up to you to talk about this kind of two different questions but what your relationship is with the youth basketball side and then the development at the youth level okay one thing is as important as the other, because if it doesn't get done, it can hurt the program, you know, but looking at, looking at some of this, you know, we do, we'll do a, sometimes a three point shot at halftime, you know, or um, let's see a three point shot at halftime, which you don't think is a big deal, but it is. So my freshman coaches will run it during the half times of the JV and varsity games. And it turns out being a fundraiser for us and in a community event for the fans that are there and your little kids love it, whether it's from your home program or kids from the opposing school, we'll, we'll come out from halftime with about three minutes left to go. And there'll be a line longer than it can be wanting to shoot these shots. And I mean, without our freshman coaches doing this little thing for about six minutes during halftime, you know, we don't get that that interaction with the fans in the stands and I mean, the, the financial side of it. And, you know, it, so I, I'd like to, I mean, it might look little, but to me, it's still one of those, one of those big things, um, you know, looking at it, some other things like, man, locker room cleanup or cleanup after a game. It, it is so easy to just leave your bench yeah. and go to a locker room and completely forget about, any water bottles that might, might that might be back there, a slip knot that might be back there, shooting shirts that might be there. Then everyone's asking, where's my shirt? Where's this? Where's that? So we finally implemented a, uh, a locker room assignment sheet. You know, when the freshman team leaves, these two freshmen are in charge of making sure the locker room is spotless. Um, then there, we, didn't, we put in two JV guys and then it's two varsity guys. It doesn't matter if somebody's going to be in the locker room after you. It's spotless when you walk out. Um, we 
we were blessed enough after we played at an away game, our varsity team was walking out to the bus and the custodian walks into our locker room that we used and turn around, turns around and walks back out and says, coach, I've never seen a locker room so clean. And I mean, it's, it's as simple as, you know, two guys, you know, either picking stuff up or saying, Hey, can you guys grab this? Can you guys grab that? And it, it's respect amongst your players. It's maturity and responsibility amongst your players. And it looks fantastic for the program. Um, you know, our benches, everything gets accounted for afterwards. I mean, my first couple of years at a, I told at, or coached at Cimarron Memorial in Las Vegas. And then here at Clyde with the younger staff, we lost slip knots. I mean, you pay so much money to replace those stinking sticky pads on it and I mean, if someone leaves one at our school, the chances of them getting it back are probably slim to none as well. So, you know, we started implementing things for who's going to clean up after each game and making sure that everything's accounted for. And, you know, as small as it looks, you know, our JV players, freshman players will do it after a varsity game and, and the coaches will make sure it gets done. You know, and then going into our youth coordinator, our bitty coordinator and our youth um, teams, it's huge. You know, it's, it could be a lot of work, but we are fortunate enough in Clyde to, there's no private school in Clyde. You know, we're the only public school in Clyde. So if you're born into a Clyde family, you know, we brag in our program, we're going to have the boys from the womb until graduation and pretty much even longer. Cause I mean, I've got alumni that are coming back, helping us during the summer, you know, yeah, doing awesome. lessons with us and, and even coaching now with us or in Oklahoma coaching, you know, and <laughs> they want to be teachers and coaches and so on and so forth. So, you know, we start them early and, you know, it allows, it allows us to start implementing some of our program vocabulary early. Um, you know, some parts of the offense and just defensive fundamentals with them. And I mean, again, we're fortunate enough around here where our league of 22 teams divided into three divisions are all in the same bitty or youth basketball league. So they'll play on Sundays, you know, against each other. So there's a fourth, fifth and sixth grade game going on, you know, a triple header. And my first year, first couple years, my staff and I did this. So you're planning, I mean, you're literally adding another three teams to your responsibility list. You have to find them gym time, which is hard to come by. You have to find coaches for them. You've got to order their uniforms. You've got to collect fees. I mean, you've got to come up with practice plans and all of that. Well, we were extremely lucky to have a guy that I work with that loves to do this kind of stuff, loves spreadsheets, loves organizing pretty much as much as I do, that you know, we're able to, we're able to pay him and he is able to take care of that for me. We teach in the same building and he's got no problem, you know, walking into me and asking me a quick question. He goes, it'll take five seconds. Sure. No problem. Ask me the question gets the information and then moves on from there. Um, and, you know, he'll, and so now he took all the responsibilities on of our, of our youth program. Now that doesn't mean I'm not at practices. It doesn't mean I'm not talking to the coaches and it doesn't mean they can't, they can't call me and I'm not at their games. You know, I'm at almost every Sunday game of our uh, youth program, especially when they play 
in our gym. But when we added our Biddy Youth Coordinator, I, it just, it opened up so much more time for us. And it was adding somebody that really loved what he did here. And at the time he had a son in our youth program and now his son has moved on and he's not playing basketball anymore, but he loves doing this job so much, he's continued to do it. And he's always gonna have this position as long as he wants it. It's really cool to hear, you know, before you were doing this on your own with, with your staff and you had somebody right in the school, right under your nose that like, this is their jam, right? And, and they're gonna be better at it than, than you would be. And when you're doing it, you're thinking about your varsity guys at the same time and how, man, just pulling you away. Yep. Everybody wins when there's this type of, of organization with the communication that follows up with it. Um, such such great stuff. If I could add one more thing about that. Please I mean, do. I, I started off as a controlling coach. You know, I wanted to have control of everything. And, you know, I wanted my hand in every jar. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily a micromanager. I, kind of, I just wanted to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And over the course of the years, we can't. There's, there's so yeah. much that has to be done to run a successful basketball program. I mean, this, our, our youth coordinator, he's, he was coaching a B team for me in our basketball program at one point. And like just some of the documents that I saw, I mean, he was spreadsheet organized and had up packets and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, why am I doing this when I can just ask him? So you're exactly right. I mean, he was under my nose and I mean, he jumped on board and just the amount of time that it opened up for my staff and myself to spend on, yeah, our boys and, and other things. And that's probably one of the biggest gifts that we've gotten out of doing this by me relinquishing control to other members of my staff and trusting them. It's built their trust in me. But the next step is it's allowed me to go out there and see if there's other things that we can bring in. You know, what are some other ideas that we can do? So I started running a, I had this idea of running a preseason coaches clinic for just my coaches alone. That was going to be my next question that I didn't even put on the thing was I wanted to finish out with, I want to hear about this preseason coaches clinic. This is perfect. So keep going. Just because I, and I mean, if I'm too, if I'm so busy doing all of this other stuff, I don't even have time to think about that. So it allows me to brainstorm. It allows all my coaches to brainstorm. And so we end up putting, I end up putting this together and I run it on Monday nights, just in October. And I bring in all of these coaches and it's always been me, you know, running it or my assistant running it and answering questions. Well, <laughs> that's now that I look back at it, it's okay, but I can do it so much better than that. So now I've reached out to other coaches or former coaches in the area, you know, a retired coach that was also a building administrator is coming in to talk about vertical alignment. Um, a local college coach is coming in to talk about, you know, what you do in practice, you know, how much time do you spend on skill and concepts versus five on five scrimmaging, you know, a topic we've already talked about at the coach's edge. And then I went outside the box a little bit and I'm bringing in one of our arch rival head coaches to talk about that's he's kind of, I think he's, this might be his last year 
I pray to God it's his last year because we struggle beating him. And I mean, he's going to come in and talk about, you know, communication with parents and, and with players because this coach has always, he doesn't always have the best talent in our league and in our area, but he's always successful and he's always, you know, in games. And he's never really had parent parental problems and he's always had the backing of an administration and he's been in the game for 30 years. So he must be doing something right. So if we're not, you know, he doesn't, he might rub guys the wrong way, you know, rub people the wrong way. But if you're not studying, you know, coaches like this that are getting it done and doing it the right way, then, you know, you look in the mirror and who are you as a coach? So I asked him, called him, asked him up. He said, absolutely. You know, so now I'm hoping he gives all, gives us all of his uh, defensive concepts and his offensive play calls while he's here, but I don't think that'll happen. So they're going to come in. I'll take one Monday. Those other three coaches will come in on Mondays. We'll spend an hour and a half each, you know, open up some question and answer. And I'll have a handful of my guys that aren't playing, um, that are not playing a fall sport come in. And I'll have five guys in there that will be able to run with us. And we'll run our own little Clyde coaches clinic. I love that. And you're, you're giving me some ideas because I'm, I'm supposed to go and help a there's another, there's a program in Michigan who asked me to come up and to facilitate some of their coaches clinics. And just, just in this, you're giving me ideas for some of the talking points. And well, heck, we can I come love that you're in one of ours. <laughs> come to this one. Well, I, yeah, I'll do it. I, um, I, I love that. It's not a one shot thing. You're meeting a handful of times throughout the course of the month. And I, I just think there's a lot of benefit to that instead of meaning there's times where you have to just jam it in because that's when everybody's in on the, in the gym at the, wherever they are at the same time. But man, how beneficial can it be? Just hour and a half Monday evening. Okay. We'll see you next week. New topic. That's, that's awesome. Um, a couple more questions before we, before we go, uh, you mentioned the coach's edge a little bit and I've had the chance uh, to work with you with Kramer basketball and you've been a coach's edge member. Could you just share briefly uh, how that has helped you and your program? You know, you've worked with a handful of our players. You know, I know there's there's been a couple that have come to you to um, especially to deal with shooting, you know, to work with, with shooting. And then you came in and did a shooting clinic with us. And, you know, we run we run the dribble drive. And you and I both know, as well as any other basketball coach should know if they're running the dribble drive. If you can't knock down shots, jump shots from, you know, 12 foot, 15 foot to outside, um, they're going to, the defense is just going to pack it in on dribble drive and, and dare you to shoot the ball. Um, so, I, I mean, since you've been working with our boys and since our focus has been a lot on shooting and we do a lot of it and we still do a lot of the drills that you brought to our clinic, you know, I, I, we go into every year wanting to meet three shooting goals, 70% from the line, 50% from, from two and 35% from three. And we've been close every year. One year we hit all three. Um, this past year, we were 34% from three, and that was with sitting out two weeks due to COVID and coming back and shooting 21% and 22% our first two games back. Um, I mean, if we shoot the 34% we shot on the year, we win those two games and we're in the league talk and we have a better seat. But I mean, COVID's COVID. Uh, you know, I, I, Coach's Edge is just like, it's a bookmark on my screen and you know, I've got a lot of things to go off of, but every coach is always, you know, there's always times where you get stumped or, man, what can I do to help out my players? What can I do 
that might re-energize them? Is there a drill for this out there? And to be a member of Coach's Edge and just be able to go up and, you know, open up the link and have this website open and the way it's organized with your, um, whether it's a, something like a program development or one-on-one -on -one skills or passing drills or defensive drills or, or plays, whatever it is, you know, whatever I'm stumped on that day or whatever I want to improve on that day, that's what I click on. And, you know, I know last year, one of our clinics was on the, um, the shooting stuff, the ranking of the shooting that we did on the coach's edge. And I'm, I'm stealing it, you know, talked to the coach, stole his stuff, got the video and used our coach's clinic. We implemented the number system and, you know, from fourth grade all the way up to varsity. And we still use it today. So now when our fourth grade players get to fifth grade, they're going to know exactly what shot selection is about. And, and, you know, our JV guys that are moving up to varsity are, they're going to know the difference between a great shot, a good shot, and, you know, a bad shot. So it's, it's been beneficial. And, you know, I, I'm not on it as much as I want to be, you know, I've got two kids and, you know, a new job, new administration job that I'm going through, but, it's still beneficial enough that if I need information, it's the first place I go to to look if I'm looking for something. Well, that's, that's good to hear, especially because, you know, when we designed it, um, we, what we had in mind was you, for example, right? And, and somebody who's got a teaching job, a lot of coaches are teachers as well, and you have a little bit of time and instead of scouring the internet or looking for that one free email that you got from whatever, and you might've thought there was a good, just being able to go to the website, follow just a few buttons that will navigate you towards whatever it is that you have in mind. Like you mentioned, offense, defense, a passing drill, a ball handling drill, and just being able to find it quick. And that was my goal when I created it was not that coaches would spend a ton of time on it, but that the time that they do spend is beneficial. And, um, you know, and then we throw in some coaches edge meetings. You talked about shooting a lot and, you know, shooting is key. So, so is shot selection. And that's something that we really try to try to emphasize um, equally when it comes to, to shooting the basketball, whether it's when we're, when we're doing in-person clinics or whether we're, you know, talking to coaches online as well. Uh, so it's great to hear that, you say that. You know, as my two-year-old gets older and, you know, things calm down on, on Sunday evenings and it's easier to put kids to put kids to bed that, you know, I, I can make more, more coaches meetings. You know, I've been on a handful of them and I mean, it's just so cool. You come into a coaches meeting and there's coaches in there from Michigan. There's some from South Carolina, Missouri, Maine. I mean, it's, it, it's neat because then you learn about what everybody else is doing or, or then you feel like, Hey, I'm not the only dude that's in this same boat dealing with the same issues that all these other coaches are dealing with. And I mean, the, the, the brotherhood, the camaraderie is there. And I mean, just to be able to help each other out, you know, in the case of kind of what we're doing tonight, what we'll do after this meeting tonight. Um, I, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. It, it. It makes our jobs feel even more worth it. It's cool that, you know, just like you said, there might be somebody across the country, but you're going through that same thing and then you're able to help each other. And the meetings that we had last season because of COVID, I mean, some very interesting conversations that you were able to help a lot of people that, hadn't started their basketball season yet because Ohio had 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 some games. Um, last question, last question. Um, who, who has impacted you the most as a coach? 
Oh, geez. I didn't put that one on the, on the yeah. question sheet. <laughs> you know, I don't think there's been one individual coach. I've worked with and under a number of coaches, read a number of books from coaches. Um, you know, every varsity coach that I've worked under has impacted me in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, I've, I've stolen stuff from them. They've given me stuff. And I mean, they've, they've shaped who I am as a coach. They've had a part in shaping the program that, you know, I run right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm meeting with my, one of my former high school coaches this year to have a, you know, a nice little reunion from back when we won an NOL championship in Ohio. You know, it's, it, there's not one coach that sticks out more than another. Now, when it comes to like college coaches or pro coaches and books that I've read, usually it's, it's first to John Wooden. Um, I love his stuff, love his books. Uh, also, uh, Krzyzewski's um, stuff that he's put out there. You know, Leading with the Heart was one of the, I, I'm not an avid reader. I love Audible. You know, I'm not an avid reader. You know, I'm not, I don't read really fast. But when I read, you know, Leading with the Heart in his book, um, it was, uh, it, it grabbed me and I, I didn't put the book down. Um, you know, Calipari's, uh, you know, being a player's coach, putting the players first you know, really changed my, my philosophies a little bit to, you know, think more about the, the, the player than, as, than, than the program. Um, you know, I, I follow, you know, Texas Tech and their, their defensive style of, of play. Um, I love their defense. We love, well, now it's going to be Texas because he's made that move to Texas. So yeah, um, that's right. You know, I like their defense. And then, uh, um, I, don't, I just love college basketball as a whole, hmm. you know, just the, because it, it's, it's a free for all. I mean, there's no, there's no limits on what you can do. You know, there's, there's limits in the NBA and it's, I mean, it's more of a, I don't want to say one-on-one, -on -one, but it, I mean, it's, the guys are so freakishly athletic that. Yeah. And, the, and the rules are more geared toward one-on-one -on -one play being successful, where is in the college game, the, the rules aren't, it's, it's going to be more of a team game. It just makes more sense to do it that way. It is. So, so yeah, I mean, those definitely wouldn't definitely Krzyzewski. Awesome. Cool. Coach, this has been, this has been great. Um, very beneficial for, for myself. And uh, I hope very beneficial for all the coaches that have been listening, whether you're uh, a young head coach, first time in it, I hope that this gives you some thoughts on, responsibilities and organizing your program. And if you've been in it for a long time, I hope that there's been a nugget or two in here that is going to help you, you know, rethink and maybe reorganize a couple of things to make your program even better. And, and I think with what coach Fretz had to share, when we make some things more efficient, we can start to put first things first, instead of taking care of, of some things that but we, we just should have had that, that done already. Your organization and the responsibilities are fantastic. So thanks for taking the time to be on the podcast. Thank you for, for listening. Obviously, a, a positive rating and review goes a really long way. I would really appreciate it as more people listen to the Coach's Edge as well. So thanks again. And as always, get after today. Thanks. Appreciate it.
Thank you to Coach Fretz for taking the time to be on the Coach's Edge podcast. He does an awesome job, class act. And, you know, I really think that he's able to, one of the reasons that he's able to get the most out of his players and his program is because of the things that he's doing as far as organization, communication, uh, being detailed, making sure that other people on staff know what their responsibilities are. And so you're taking out all of this guesswork because there's so many things within the program that are vital, that are important, but I think it's easy for us to assume it'll get taken care of on its own. Or as a varsity basketball coach, I know, I know you guys and girls, you're hard workers. You as a varsity basketball coach, you are a hard worker. And you would agree with me when I say it's easy to put too much on your plate. It's easy to put too much on your plate when you have other capable people around you that are just as happy to help carry out some of those responsibilities. So special thank you to Coach Fretz for being on. And and with that in mind, coachesedge.coach is another way where you can take off some of those responsibilities. You wanna learn more about player development. You want uh, more more drills for practice. You want some different box sets and some some slobs and man plays and zone plays and, and concepts some culture and leadership ideas. I could go on and on, but you're trying to make this stuff on your own. You're trying to, you know, scour the internet and what newsletter you got something from and try to remember that. We got you covered at coachesedge.coach. If you're trying to get better in any of these areas, coachesedge.coach to get started. So thanks again for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. I certainly appreciate uh, all of you. And if there's anything that I can do for you, contact at kramerbasketball.com at coachesedge1 on Twitter. Appreciate all of you. Thanks again and get after it today.